0: <laughs> I'm recording now, so <laughs> don't talk shit about the government.
1: Hey,
0: everybody! Engineering podcast. I'm Adam. I'm Brian. Hi, I'm Lynn. We got we got guests guests again. Guests. I, we're still we're not quite deep enough into having done the guests that I don't still. Like, I feel novelty myself, and so I feel <laughs> like I need to put it in the intro, although I feel like the listener at this point is just like, yeah, we get it. You've had <laughs> some guests. You do guests. <laughs> 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 uh, uh. What? There's a guest? So that that third voice this week is uh, an old friend of ours, uh, Lynn Q. Um, well, we've been working together on projects for like 13, 14 years or something, Whoa. if you count college?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Because we, um, we met in a Final Cut editing session.
0: Oh, this? yeah, I forgot about that.
2: That's right, yeah. yeah I was going to say aesthetics class, but... Yeah, because I think I was editing, I was like doing hotkeys on the left <laughs> Keep side of the yeah. keyboard and you were using the mouse it was, like, it was wow. so cute it was like a, was a totally. it was kiss man yeah um,
0: <laughs> which as an aside the fact of aesthetics is funny right cuz i say that now it's like instagram has hijacked the term aesthetics for like meathead bro bodybuilders right we met in a philosophy class <laughs> about what is art what is <laughs> <laughs> um, with and the, we happened to end up working on this other art project together. Um, but we're here today to talk about startup stuff, largely because of where we went from there, which was to continue working on, uh, video projects together over the years, which turned into software projects, which eventually ended up with us running our own, uh, essentially software company for a few years and we thought it would be cool to get you on here to tell me what I what I screwed up <laughs> as the CEO of, of I, Sword
2: Adventures <laughs> so so i you know I've, we've been talking for a little bit right warming up uh, i was thinking about this i um so this is something that like m- my current company um we actually do is the the president he calls customers and it's people who have purchased right um and I work for business travel, so they, they call them. And he asks the customer to give him a pitch on what they think the business does. Hmm. And so, and so the the interesting thing was, he was just like, no matter what you think your business does, <laughs> it's what your customers think your business, that's what you do. So, with that, what do you, Kirk, What is your pitch for Therapy Link?
0: Therapy
2: Link is a. <laughs> Put you on the spot. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do it was
0: great. So just for the listener to understand what Therapy Link was to us, the last big project we worked on was for a year trying to launch something called Therapy Link. Um the way that I tend to describe Therapy Link these days was that it was a practice management client for therapists that included a a large component of video chat access for their clients. But then our secret like side idea was (laughs) if we could get therapists to use that service, we could use the video access to drive the the cost of therapy down so that, so that your average person had a greater access to mental health um, services. That was way less diabolical than the setup you just gave it. (laughs) (laughs) Right? <laughs> <laughs> I was
1: not expecting social good from your secret oh side agenda. <laughs> oh,
2: that's funny. Every time, actually, people when people ask me what what therapy link is, and I'll give them my pitch, I I always said it was like it was the Uber of therapy, yeah. like, like therapy, right. right? Like that's like when you wanted to talk to a therapist, and when they actually have apps yeah. like that, you chat. You don't. There's no video yeah. chat. It's just like text, right? That's what we wanted to do. And there's like people who do it now. And I think just for us, it wasn't the right people or the right time.
0: But also, you know, but also part of it was chasing that sort of unicorn idea of like what's success as a startup. It's solve an Uber sized problem. Um, but it was a legit slot to do that. Like people don't have enough access to health, mental health professionals. And we saw a window where the mental health professionals have extra time and with the right tool, they could use that to help the people that need help without this sort of market mechanism in between of they are they are worth per hour more than these people can afford. If you can cut that down by going, well, shit, you're not using the hour. If we put you over here, people can pay you a reduced rate. But at least you're getting something. I mean, it literally was the Uber of right. psychotherapy in that right. regard. But I feel like... That's sort of a good introduction for my startup experience and a bit of lens, but I thought where we could go with this podcast-wise is just a broader conversation about like why you start a startup. I guess, uh, Brian, maybe you could talk a little bit about your experience startup-wise. I don't think that's come up too much on the podcast.
1: Yeah, I guess it, I guess it hasn't really, other than just casual asides. Uh, I mean, I've been doing kind of my own gig for... Eight or nine years now uh, i I've worked basically in software um, for seven or seven or eight
0: years, eight or nine years, maybe ten years. <laughs> well, you so you so straight out of college, I went to film f- school for a year. The way I tend to say it these days is I think Lynn and I hit film school at just the time when the academic institution didn't know what to do with the fact that everyone that was coming to school now had had a digital camera since they were like 10. So the, so like a lot of people from, from my class ended up kind of getting internships or something and peeling off and, and never finishing the curriculum in that space. So my version was, well, I'm just going to go start a production company. Like I have a digital camera. I bet I can trick people into paying me to make stuff for them. <laughs> I'm just going to go do that. Right? Good verb choice. Perfect. Um, you, so so you finished school with a engineering degree, and you went to work for a large company that manufactured consumer goods. <laughs> Let's say that <laughs> uh, sporting and goods you did that for with sticks. You did that for yeah, sporting goods. That metal, actually, when it comes to artificial metal goods, sticks, is what we made. <laughs> <laughs> well, the specifics of that job aren't important beyond the fact of. Uh, manufacturing um you did that for how many years uh i did that for three years and then you said peace i'm going to start my own company to solve a problem that i recognized while i was working as a uh as an engineer true
1: kind of i did have some business ideas uh but a big driver of leaving was uh it was miserable uh i didn't like going to the same spot every day. Uh, and I didn't even really work in a cubicle. I had like a, <laughs> I had like a robotics laboratory I worked and it was awesome. But uh, just the, there's just this institution around big businesses that was just awful. Like they didn't give me vacation. The next scheduled amount of vacation I would receive was in five after five years of dedicated service. Uh, I would receive five more days off. Uh, I couldn't get raises. Raises were split evenly across the whole population, so that no one got upset. It's like, what the hell is this? This is ridiculous. What's my motivation? <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, what I'm kind of chasing here is like, what's that? What what makes you start a startup? Or should- I don't know. I, so I had a, my my
2: dad had a, a good friend of my dad's was like, you know, uh, when I was telling him I was like, I really want to get into the film industry. He was like, look, do you really want to work under someone? for like 20 years and wait for them to like retire so you can take over or do you want to just go and like start your own path right like mm-hmm. like how many directors are there that we know like especially I mean I'm, I'm Chinese right like how many Asian directors are there there's like two or three in like the U.S. film market right mm-hmm. do you wait do you work <laughs> for them wait for them to like retire so you could take over maybe or you know do something yourself and I think that that like stuck with me a lot because I was like you know I, I don't really want to like Wait, <laughs> i think that's <laughs>
1: that's gotta kind of that feels like it's probably the real uh motivation the like at the core it's i just want to i just want to do stuff and kind of feel like i'm i have some control over it yeah i want to feel like i have an impact and not necessarily that i like am driving everything or controlling everything because you never are but that that urge to just not feel like i'm just at the whim of another person At the end of the day, I just have to do what this other person tells me to do all the time, which is a
0: fine line. What you just described for the the you know consumer goods manufacturing company that you worked for, Mm. like to make a product out of metal and rubber, and then get it to the place where people can buy it, and like you have to get materials, and you have to shape the materials, and then you got to get them out the other side, and then you got to market it so people will buy it, and it, it just like by necessity, it sort of involves. This giant organism, mechanism, whatever you want to call it, of like the rules that you just ran through, like they kind of have to be in place because if every person gets to make a pitch for how much vacation they should mm-hmm. get, the the metal thing never comes out the other side because you just spend all your time arguing about you know, what vacation is worth and how that stacks up against your worth for the the thing and it just everything descends into like politics and sociology as soon as you're like as soon as you <laughs> don't just go, this is the rule, we can't talk about it, move on. But when you move into the digital space, the limitations that cause the system to like have to function that way, where it's just like metal's heavy. You gotta ship it. Like Once you're in the digital space, I think this is why the startup has gotten to be a big thing. You're not necessarily constrained by the things that demand a large organization. You can go start a company like Uber with like three people just because you can make an app and if you can get enough people to download it and use it, then, oh shit, you got something, (laughs) right? I think what
1: has happened is, I think the software industry, this digital space over the last... I mean, Silicon Valley was started with hardware, but over the last like 20 years, it's it's rolled into a software where like the idea is it doesn't cost much to make software. I just spend some time and I write some software and my free time on the weekends and maybe I get a little business going and you're right, there's not capital costs. I don't need to go buy a foundry to make metal things to sell to people. The little bit of friction that that removed, all it's really done is kind of opened up the world for a younger generation to more rapidly come into a business world when they still have the youthful aspirations of freedom and justice and equality for all. And so you have this younger generation coming in and saying, you know, these old things don't have to be true. Uh, We don't have to tell people they only get eight days of vacation for the first five years that they work somewhere we're just going
2: to let people do what they want and see what happens. When we keep talking about this, I like, so I remember, um, I remember like at 27, like, you know, having graduated, uh, Cal arts and talking to my parents, like, I don't, you know, like I want to do something, right? Like I want to get a real job. Part of it's like, like, I, I want to be in the industry and like be tied down. But then like, but I kind of don't want to go down that route and at the same time like if I don't do that and I do something on my own I'm dependent on my parents for like financial support right so it's like like there's this this guilt that I have of like like how am I going to like pay this back and I just remember my parents like I remember my mom was just like you know don't don't feel guilty like you have this privilege and opportunity to go and fail hmm. it took me a long time to like go and read Lean Startup, but like, that's the first thing they talk about, right? Like fail fast. And I feel like there's kind of this like divide. I mean, when I came out of college, I thought I knew everything. (laughs) Like, I don't know shit, right? But that's kind of what I liked about the startup space. Mm -hmm. Because it's like basically for, you know, an industrialized process, we know how it works. But for like sort of these new uh, ventures, we don't really know what would what take, right? Mm-hmm. So let's like get these young creative people to throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. And that when that thing sticks, then let's go ahead and like try to figure out yeah. how to scale. And then, but then like when you scale, like you don't necessarily have the same people who go because there's different skill sets, right? Um, and that's kind of what like I think for me at least startup, that's what attracts me. Because you get to be, live in this sort of amorphous space where you know you can just it were it, it actually is good that maybe you don't know what the right yeah. way to do is because you know maybe there's a better way out yeah, there yeah you're an
1: explorer your old right. the the old established ways are probably not necessarily correct for all of your all of your problems i think the startup space <clears throat> when when you're fresh out of school or fresh off your like first couple years in the workforce is really exciting because it's a little more similar to academia. Like if you if you go when you go to college, you're put into a position where you are extremely challenged. It, it the, the level going from high school to college is a wild difference. And all of a sudden you are just taxed in every possible way, socially and academically, like physically, mentally and then you go and get like a traditional successful corporate job and there are certainly exceptions here but i think the vast majority of people would say well all of a sudden i didn't have to fucking do anything anymore i went to my job i could kind of screw around most of the day and even if your job was hard like my there's
0: no homework there's, there's
1: no homework there's no Generally. there's no like sense of responsibility kind of because there is no homework right it's like no one's checking on me i'm not getting tests <clears throat> and like my first job was Fantastic! I really enjoyed it. I I built robots for a living. They paid me to hang out in a robotics lab, and which is like a dream. And sometimes I I think about that. And I'm like, it was such a fun job. I learned so much. I liked my coworkers. I liked the company. Uh, but it just didn't really challenge me. It was really simple, and I felt like I would days that I would goof off and not get anything done it didn't seem to matter. Everyone still was like, "You're a great employee. You're doing a great job. You're working so hard." And it's like, "But it, I'm not sometimes, and it doesn't matter. Nothing matters here," uh, which was such a weird feeling that that sense of not mattering. Who cares if I brought down the marginal cost on a consumer sporting good? Like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> it's just not exciting or interesting or helpful. So
0: I just had to get out of there. To what you're saying about that youthful thing, right? Like, we, uh, I think we've all. I guess it's worth noting for anyone that <laughs> this hasn't, the contextually that has, this hasn't become clear. Like we're all the same age. We're all sort of at the same point in life. <laughs> the same degree of cynicism has sort of started to, to you know, Oh, to, we're like, right in the middle. <laughs> we're hitting the age where the world starts to chip away at <laughs> that sort of like bright, you know, idea of like, this is how it could be. Let's try crazy shit. If you're... But we also were the first generation to grow up. In that way, of people that I think we got to think that way, and in, in what I think you would almost call it, in a fucking disservice that you would almost call childish. Like, we were allowed to think yeah. in that way for longer than any generation ever yeah. has. <laughs> and it's changed the way that we approach everything, even our cynicism. Totally. And so, we're still of a group of people, and this is where the startup ecosystem comes from, I think. That get to, like, we, we don't have to drop that sort of youthful optimism, right? Like, I don't, I don't continue to feel cynical about what technology can do for the world or what companies can do for the world or the fact that so many cool problems are solvable. I feel more cynical about my ability to like wrangle a bunch of people to make that happen because I've been herding cats for so many years that it's just like, well, if you're going to have, you need an organization of this size to achieve a certain thing, that organization is going to be of a certain complexity. That complexity is going to mean that we have to have 120 people. And that many people is going to mean that 20% of my time at least is going to be just politics. (laughs) like. And okay, fine. That's you know how it is, and, and I think it relates to what you were saying, Lynn, about like at some point you. There's a reason they hire the boring, frumpy CEO that has experience from Hewlett Packard, like because <laughs> it's just part of it is just you got to run a, got to you got you to gotta steer a really big ship my experience
2: of like having been at startups and then having been at like bigger startups that are on like the growth scale, like there's definitely two sets of skills that one is like trying to figure out what's going to stick on the wall and like the ability to like not crumble when you're just throwing shit at the wall, seeing what sticks. And then the other side that's like, okay, now that we know, like how do we get this to scale and like to make it grow. Right. But actually, um, so Jones, I, I'm I'm curious. So going back to what you were saying, like, you know, all these days getting up, waking up, and then sort of making it like every every day was melding together. What then was the impetus for you to be like, you know what, I have this idea, I'm gonna go do it? And then also what made you go and do it?
1: Uh those are good those are really good questions. One one was I just remember I emailed some, I emailed these two other people who had who were kind of running a startup that was similar to something that I was thinking about doing. I was like, hey, how'd you get started? What'd you do? How'd you make the transition from your job? And I don't remember this being particularly impactful at the time. But their response was just, hey, man, there's no transition. Just do it. Just quit your job. It's stupid. <laughs> and and I was like, hmm. I I don't, I don't think I took it to heart like re- re- immediately. But that was the first thing I just thought of when you asked me that question. Uh, I probably wow. still have that email, and and uh, I think that company's still around and it's still doing doing what it was doing well. But that's that's kind of been the advice I've given some other people, uh, probably for good and for bad, um, depending on how you define define success or not but at some point I was I just I i had had enough I was out I think um I th- think part of it was salary I i remember I was I worked really hard at my job you know I'm I, I don't think I was a particularly good student um because I felt like I was responsible for myself and so I was like well I'm going to get out of this what I want but in work I have a tremendous sense of responsibility to the people I'm working for um, or working with. And I busted my ass. And I got great reviews. And I did a really good job. And I made a big difference at my company. And I when raise time came around three years in a row, it was it was the same for everybody in the whole department all across the board, people who don't do anything and people who work really hard. And I was just, I couldn't I couldn't get it. <laughs> I didn't follow it. And it's it's a single, single case there, right? One company that I worked at, but um, that doesn't necessarily seem to be, gosh, it's so many things. There's so many things that felt wrong about being uh, in a in a in a traditional job role. I remember thinking a lot about being free to spend uh, to spend time with kids when I was older. Um, and I've never even been one to like sit and fantasize about children. It's not something I think about very often, but in my job, I was thinking, how would I ever spend time with my children if i have if I'm locked in this room from eight a m to five pm every day? Like I won't be able to do anything. So it's just the whole thing just kind of like felt felt like it was crushing. I needed I needed what I feel like is the stereotypical, culture of modern startups which is make your own hours bust your ass when you need to uh but take a long weekend whenever you have to whenever
0: you want to right it- the sentiment that you're expressing is a really relevant thing to look at if you're going to try to figure out you know like what what future we're cruising toward yeah. and how to be prepared for it you don't i don't even know for sure that you want kids but you still think about the thing of like would i have time to spend yeah. with kids <laughs> right like it's a it's an evolutionary imperative that weighs on you. Even if you don't like children, <laughs> the fact that you c- can't go outside and <laughs> run around with your hypothetical kids. There were no kids. windows on my office. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah. Like you can't even
0: think about outside existing because you don't get a window. It, it, it factors into the conversation about automation. Like we don't like those factory jobs. We don't like the job where you're stuck in this sort of rut. And we're heading toward a future where you can replace certain aspects of those jobs with robots. And it's going to happen because it means that somewhere, somebody gets to go run around outside with their kids. There are a lot of children. layers here,
1: you know. So, this, uh, this, 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 this topic is, a really, is way bigger than I was thinking when we started talking about it. <laughs> There's a lot more going on here. Piece I didn't realize how heavy this was the... all going to feel. I feel like very, uh, very, <laughs> feel like very dense and <laughs> introspective right now, <laughs> uh, in a way that we don't, right? we could do like 10 parts well, about this. It's very, it's interesting.
0: Yeah, seriously. Um, so I think, so I think the place to go from there is like, you, you know, a number of times in the conversation about companies, you know, larger companies versus startups, the word success has, has already come up and that ends up being this thing that you just, what is success? Right in the corporate context, it's just continued growth. And so when you're talking about your big sports company, yeah, if you don't keep growing, you're not successful. But that results in all of the things that you're talking about that made you miserable to go to work every day.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I don't think when I when I worked for a big company, and, and it was a very big company, you know, Fortune Fortune 1000. Uh, it's the, the main company, the parent company was probably Fortune 50, but... I don't think I ever thought of success- I'm not even sure I honestly really even thought about the word success or failure. I just had a thing I was supposed to do um I just would go to work and I would get a paycheck and you just you don't even like notice stuff you don't even notice your paycheck right like when is when is a fortune fifty company not gonna ship you your paycheck on time um and so I think success was just this thing that. it's measured very personally it's like well did i get that raise i was looking for did i get the promotion i was looking for and when you transition over to a startup world it's just so different all of a sudden uh your success is like am i can i pay my bills (laughs) am i gonna get any money this month uh, did I land the one contract that's going to keep the doors open? Do, but do my employees do, do, get yeah. paid? <laughs> do the people I'm working few? with get paychecks? Right. Uh, you have responsibility to other people. You have responsibility to a business. You have responsibility to investors, to your family, who is is off and on paying your bills for you. Sometimes, I mean, it's a it's a weird ride, uh, especially a very small fresh startup, and especially when you're new to it. And I think this was this was something I thought about a ton, right? Like. Am, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> like, how does this translate to anything else? <laughs> if this doesn't work out, what the hell do I do after this? I would fall back on this sense that I still firmly believe um, that I was just being exposed to so much and I had so many different experiences and I learned how to do so many different things uh, and my ability to be dropped into any situation and be useful and functional and productive is off the charts. Whereas my old job, I was very good at a very very specific thing, um, but I could not do anything else. Had you dropped me into a sales job when I was 22 years old, I would have failed absolutely miserably. I could go do a sales job, okay. Now, in the in the context of like how I was kind of raised to think about a career, I'm not sure that's a good thing, right? Like, who cares if you can do a little sales? Aren't you an engineer? But in the context of living a full life and and having an interesting and and creative career like i'm really happy about that it's made me a better person i'm more interesting i'm
0: more interactive and you're doing a a a weird nerd podcast right like uh, like my thing is say you never grow past a point right like you were talking about salaries you were talking about raise time comes around is it worth is it worth it and i think this is the startup question that a lot of people you know this gets into that territory of like fuck it i'm gonna go do my own thing with startups if you could go work at a company where every day doesn't feel that way because culturally things are, are different, but you're never going to grow past a point internally in terms of what you do at that company. Like, is that success? Like how much is just the idea of success tied to continued growth? And is that a disservice? I got deep again. God damn it. (laughs) Uh, I mean, this all—gosh, this. Where's the Stoke? Where's the Stoke in this? I feel like we've bummed everyone out. Yeah, it's not. It's not bummed out. We're just, uh,
1: like the. All of this stuff is just much more impactful, you know. We're we're asking what is success. Where I think we're all at a point where. Had you asked me at 25, I'd be like, I'm going to sell this company. and I'm going to sell it for hundreds of millions of dollars. I obviously am because I read blog posts about other people's companies getting sold for hundreds of millions of dollars all day. So if I read 100 of those, that means mine's going to get sold. So I'm now at a point where I realize that's not really a thing. Um, And I think the whole planet is realizing that everything you read about is not really a thing it's all bullshit (laughs) which kind of puts us back in the position that that i was in working at a big company originally and so i have just a different perspective on all these things and and this is i'm I'm internally at the same time i'm saying this judging myself for like getting old and changing my perspectives but the idea of success just has absolutely nothing to do with any of this bullshit and (laughs) it's all just relative it's
2: so what's funny is that um, I remember like when I first started <clears throat> at my new job, the uh, the president like he does like these luncheons, like you would like first time employees get to like go and just ask him mm-hmm. whatever questions, right? And so I remember like because we're a startup, my first question was like you know what's the go- what's the end goal, right? Like are we going to get acquired? Are we like IPOing? Like what's the thing? And he was like, look, if you've done this long enough, you'll know that. That's not the definition of success. The definition of success for us is having a choice. Like once once we're at a point where we can choose what we want and choose, essentially choose our own destiny in terms of like, yeah, you know what? Like IPO is the next right step or like, like getting acquired is the next right step. Having that choice is what hmm. is successful. Like most people get acquired or like, you know, IPO because that's the only thing right. that they can do, right? And so like... That's, and then that kind of like reframed how I'm thinking about it, right? Like what, you know, what, you know, like is the definition of success, like getting more money from other sources or is it like having sort of the freedom to choose our own destiny and (laughs) I'm like, holy shit. Okay.
1: That's like next level startup shit right there, right? Yeah. I I mean, mean, we're a whole generation past now where we all got into this space and it's a space that's very, uh reflective or reflexive or introspective or something right like it's constantly analyzing itself and and that is that's what drives everyone right it's that freedom it's the it's the adventure it's it's a thrill there's a thrill to it but there's also just like a freedom it's the freedom to choose i choose to go work for this other company now i choose to take this direction with the business i'm at i choose to hey I don't like being an engineer anymore. Can I work in marketing? I don't like being sales. Do you mind if I pick up some programming and move around? Like that, all that stuff is like it, it's, it is part of this culture that I think startup is just not, is, is the word we use right now, but it's just, it's the desired business culture that our generation seems to recognize as the direction things should go.
0: And I think it's maybe just the cycle of how stuff works. Because I just, I consistently... Yes, for sure. The term renaissance, the, consist- the the term renaissance man is a thing that I've always sort of fallen back on in this idea of like, uh, my whole life I've been an outlier because I, I really am interested in all manner of different things. I wanted to do sports well. I wanted to do this well. I wanted to do that well. I wanted to do this well. But that also means that well... It's not A+, plus, even though, like, I, I've resisted specialization right. my whole life. And it always made me someone that people would go, well, why don't you just do this? And then they would suggest, you know, grand specialization. We're, we're coming off a cycle where the Industrial Revolution pushed against the idea that, that being broadly qualified at a whole lot of things <laughs> is not helpful. To a space where it is again, and so you're right. Like we call it startup, and you see these companies, and some of them are successful, but the the ones that scale successfully mostly have an ethos at the top that is something to the effect of "move fast, and break things," which is Facebook's like mantra, at least as far as they say in the you know in press. <laughs> it's an important point to make. Like, <laughs> and so the idea that you how they dress when okay, they go to parties. So. so like, it seems like success was is sort of reframed. It's, we're in the middle of a reframing of success where it used to be about output, right? How much shit can the industrial machine pump out the other side so we can sell it to other people and keep this machine going? Success now seems to be more about this idea of like, how prepared are you to just solve problems using the tools at hand? And like like you said, startup, it starts from this idea of, like, we call it a startup right now, right? But, like, well, I'm not sure what the equivalent would be in a renaissance context. <laughs> you know, like, what do you call Da Vinci, right? We call them artists. But, like, dude was designing flying machines and shit. Like, that's not artist behavior. That's, that's you know, like, there's some dudes from that period of time that you're just like, this guy again? All this stuff
1: comes back to creativity. And creativity creativity really is like yeah, the that's... the uh engineered embodiment of freedom. Right? It's it's the productive output of your brain being free to not think about the thing that you were just told to think about, to not be tilling the field because you have to feed the family at the end of the week. Creativity like frees your brain to just wander. Uh and I don't I get really frustrated when people say things like, Oh, I'm just not creative. Uh, right. That's like a person who can't lift heavy weights saying I'm just not strong. You have to go lift heavy weights to be strong. Um, and when, when the, at a bigger, bigger context here, when art and creativity is o- or when creativity is only applied to artistic endeavors, it cheapens creativity. Every single thing that people do is creative Every sentence that you say is creative. Um, and I, made <laughs> right, I just up. made that up. <laughs> uh, and in a bigger context, I didn't. <laughs> that was made up long ago. <laughs> and it's just coming out of me now. But the uh, <laughs> I, when you find people in, in positions, in activities, in hobbies, in job functions that they really love and that they really seem to thrive at and be happy in, I think it's because they're getting to be creative in a way that they enjoy. You know, like... I'm, I'm not a salesperson. I'm generally pretty miserable when I'm on the phone uh, in general, especially when I'm trying to get someone to buy something from me. But um, I work with some really great salespeople. They're really sharp and friendly and outgoing. They love being at parties. They love meeting new people. And they just thrive in that role. And I can tell they are creative. They love the conversation. They love the creativity around uh, figuring someone out and figuring out their needs and getting them to be your buddy. And and helping them out you know it's just this there's so much creativity and gosh everything everything i see in the world tells me that creativity is the thing that everyone wants the the ability to be free and think about what they want and think about what makes them what gives them energy what energizes them
0: no it's back to the central like when you say that and you and you talk about this idea of creative or artistic and the dichotomy between that and and stuff that's not creative that people are like, well, I can do that, but it's not creative. So I don't consider myself to be creative. It treads on the central conversation of the class that Lynn and I met in uh, aesthetics. Like what, 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 what is art? And uh, we don't know. Thousands of years people have been arguing about what is art and they have classes on it in, college and that class in college ends with hey guys guess what we still don't know but wasn't that fun to talk about for six months like but there's this really there's a there's this relevant and interesting crossover which is like well then how do you so how do you define art in the context of what you were just talking about because i think as an engineer you probably look at mechanical devices and you have the same feelings that if it were a painting, people would be willing Beautiful. to ascribe to art and not necessarily to a, you know, a fucking fidget spinner that spins for so long because the, the, the bearing is such a remarkable function of engineering. I think like, that every time I find a new machine at the gym
1: <laughs> with all the different cogs and wheels and straps and weights and pulleys.
0: <laughs> how How do we bring it back to no, no? But sixteen minutes.
2: What is our go?
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Or is it more just about the fact that, like, the fact that we even ended up at a place where we're all like, "Whoa, what do we even say?" But you ended it in a really cool place that I want to keep chasing, which I think makes people feel stoked about life in general. Which is just the idea that you are employing creativity, and creativity is just a muscle that you can practice with on the weekends if you feel like your job is not creative or you can even practice at your job that you think is not creative just by being mindful of the fact that like you were just asked to solve a problem whatever it is and you got to come up with what that problem is and if it really really makes you unhappy that you never feel like you're coming up with a new solution to that problem because it just feels like assembly line work if that really makes you unhappy then maybe you should quit and just go start a, a company. Or practice that creativity on the weekend, coming up with what that company I'm struggling be. with. This is
1: the conclusion because I'm looking back to, uh, I'm thinking back to my first job that I left, and it was extremely creative, and I had a ton of freedom to do creative things, uh, and I was still,
0: I still had to get out of there, which I don't think you have to justify, right? But I get fired up by the conversation in the space of like. When you talk about a system that's so prominent right now, the idea of startups, that if, if only by small degrees favors creativity over output, that, that makes me feel better about the world. The fact that the companies that are winning always seem to be ones coming up with creative solutions makes me, I guess, feel like I know what to do with the future or what to, like, if what we're chasing is that same old mold, uh, like, like moral of like, cool. So like, what should I do this weekend to feel good about the fact that robots might take my job? And it's like, go paint a fucking picture, <laughs> like go exercise that part of your brain. That's a really confusing part of it's like, what do you tell people to practice? if they feel anxiety about AI and the stuff that we talk about in our technical episodes versus our like philosophical episodes. Hmm. Yeah. Like this is going to be a series on startup on the philosophy of startups or something. <laughs> yeah. I
2: think, I mean, I think Modern there's, work. <laughs> there's, there's like two aspects yeah, of like kirp and my history, which is like, there's the, the, the sort of the, the, the film side and then our transition to like, um mm-hmm. tech side right um i uh, i came i thought we were going to talk more about the tech side so I? yeah but then we <laughs> we kind of you know uh, as organic conversations go ended up somewhere else <laughs> <It's> very <laughs> organic it's been extremely yeah. organic um <laughs> my my actually what i really wanted to talk more about was like um uh, because there was kind of like,
0: it, like I really of, honestly wanted to talk specifically about like that. I feel like I didn't call enough people to well, make therapy link I, happen. I didn't sell hard enough. Yeah, that's kind of like and I was that will like, weigh on me forever. Like my <laughs>
2: for me, it was more about like yeah, like you know, at what point? Like there was a point that I remember that was like okay, I don't think I don't think therapy link is gonna like continue working out the way it's going to right. And then how do I like? Like, I mean, like, this is like, you know, business wise is a very long relationship. How do I like tell my business partner that like, like, I don't, I'm not on the same path.
0: So I think this, this episode definitely didn't end up being what I think it was, What, 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 what we had in our notes. But I think, I think what it did probably make us realize is that we should do a bunch more of these. And the real, the real, I think to sum up what we ended up talking about, it's more just like, I think that conversation was a solid introduction for where we're coming from in terms of our background yeah. and startup behavior. So that in the next one, I can just tell you to go listen to this episode to understand where we're coming from. And in the next one, when we do on startups part two, we can just talk specifically about our projects and what we think we screwed up yeah, and what you did or, well. or didn't, you know? I have a lot of things that were not commercially successful that I'm still things. very proud of. So where does that yeah. Does yeah, that yeah. Fit in the success I, matrix? I think,
1: uh, right? I think there's a lot of, I carry a lot of baggage with the st- the projects that I've worked on because um, stuff has not always been uh, easy, <laughs> you know, stuff has been very, I, like I've cried in front of my parents like dozens of times. <laughs> so stuff's, <laughs> this stuff's hard. <laughs> um and I yeah. kind of feel like had I just been in a, in a in a, some other job for the last fifteen years, the same kind of thing probably would have happened.
0: But uh, I think it's the I, I think we we dig into that in yeah. the future episodes. But for now, thanks to Lynn for for hanging out for this accidentally yeah, heavy man, this ass is, conversation.
2: go home. Can, about my life.
0: Yeah, I, I hope you enjoy yeah. your Saturday. Um, And special thanks, as always, to our backers on Patreon who help keep this thing going, throw us as little as a buck an episode. Uh, it goes a long way. Uh, that address is... We just redid all of our web properties, so if you haven't seen them, you should go check them out. What's the address for Patreon now? I think it's patreon. I think engineering podcast <laughs> patreo com, And then just engineering podcast or and wait wait, we've been digging in on analytics right rate and review on (laughs) itunes that's a pretty big we
1: should record a standard outro i think um i'm feeling very unprofessional in this episode lynn i apologize (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: okay um but yeah lynn thanks for hanging out and thanks yeah thanks for coming over for hanging out for another one this is uh this is engineering podcast i'm adam i'm brian
2: am i supposed to say and i'm lit nailed
0: it
1: have a spectacularly light morning everybody
2: instead of like hey that girl's hot i wonder if she'll date an asian guy
0: you know i i bang
1: my keyboards with hammers i've definitely done that before (laughs) (laughs)
2: let's
1: make no mistake